So this morning I, I, I have a message, um, and it's called Don't, Don't Tear Your Clothes, which is kind of funny because today it seems to be that that's the cool thing to do, to have torn ripped jeans and stuff like that. But it's not part of the Hope series, but it is a message of hope. And I really felt impressed on my spirit to do this message this week, and we're going to continue the Hope series next week and the week after, but this is still part of the Hope series, it's just not what I plan to be part of the Hope series, if that makes sense, and so um, we're going to do this message this morning, and um, it's called Don't Tear Your Clothes. So we're going to start in Leviticus 21 verse 10, it says, He who is the high priest among his brothers, on whose head the anointing oil is poured, and who is consecrated to wear the garments, shall not uncover his head. In other words, not, you're not allowed to shave your head, nor tear his clothes. Shall not uncover his head, nor tear his clothes. Now, all the way through Scripture, we see stories of people tearing their clothes. In the book of Job, as he hears the stories, as people come in and tell him of all the devastation, of everything that he lost, and family members dying, and all that sort of stuff, and all the devastation that was happening around him, Job's response to all of the devastation, all of the bad news, was to shave his head and tear his clothes, and God was okay with that. We also see that in the uh, book of Kings, that at one stage the famine was so bad around the city that uh, all there was to eat was donkeys' heads and doves' dung. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but that's a big famine when all you got to look forward to. What's for dinner tonight, honey? Oh, some donkeys' head and doves' dung. Mm-mm-mm. I mean, that is not a good place to be in. By the way, the donkey's head represents a stubbornness of people to listen to the Spirit of God, and dove dung speaks of people that are caught up in the past move of God and haven't stepped into the new things, but that's a side note. But when the king at the time heard that the famine was so bad that all there was to eat was donkey's heads and dove's dung, it says that he tore his clothes because of a sense of a devastation of what was happening right there and then at that time. And when Joshua and Caleb came back from the promised land and, and represented a, a great report and were saying, let's go into the promised land, but the other 10 spies said, no, let's not go into the promised land. And all the people freaked out and listened to the negative report and decided that they were not going to go into the promised land. The Bible says that both Joshua and Caleb tore their clothes because of a sense of loss. And you know what? God was okay with that. And we see all the way through the Old Testament that the tearing of garments or the tearing of clothes signified grief that was too heavy to bear and sorrow that was too deep to express. It's a sign of desperation and pain that was indescribable to the people that was experiencing it. It was basically a telltale sign that something had happened to someone that was so great that they felt totally overtaken and overwhelmed by it. And, and in tearing their clothes, they were saying that their lives have been torn apart and it would never, ever be the same. It was saying basically as they ripped their clothes 
apart. They're symbolizing that our lives have been torn apart and it will never be right again. It represented a problem that had no solution or a tragedy that had no resolution or a trial that could not be fixed. It was a universal sign of something that was overwhelming, desperate, and total despair. That's why people tore their clothes back then. Yet here we see in Leviticus, the priest is told, you can't do that. You can't tear your clothes. He, he, he commands them. He says, because you've got the, the oil on your head, you're, you're commanded that no matter what happens in your life, you are not to tear your clothes as a sign that there is no hope and no solution to your circumstance. He's saying that everybody else can do that. Everybody else can tear their clothes. In it. But if you're a priest, if you're the one that carries the anointing, if you're the one that carries the oil, if you're the one that goes into my presence, you don't get to tear your clothes because you see, the priests back then were the only ones that were allowed to go into God's presence. And they were only allowed to go into God's presence one day a year. But the other 364 days, it was all about them preparing themselves for the one day that they went in. And they were not to uh, tear their clothes, to mourn or anything like that. Because at some stage, one day in that year, they're going to go into the presence of God. Now, it's not because the priests didn't have any tragedy or pain or disasters hitting their lives. It, it, they probably still had those sort of things hitting their lives, but what, what God was saying to them is that you don't get to react like everybody else does when tragedy hits you. You have to react differently. You're meant to be totally different in the way that you respond to tragedy as a priest. Why? Because you have access to my presence, is what God was saying to him. Because you have access to my presence, because you have the anointing oil poured out on you, which represents the Holy Spirit abiding in you and on your life, and it is so real that if the priest went into God's presence and started tearing his clothes, what he is implying in that moment to God is that what he is facing is greater than what God is able to do. In other words, what he's saying to God is, whatever issue I have, you can't fix, you can't heal it, you can't put my life back together, you can't turn my tragedy around to work for good as you promise. What they were saying is that if you tear your clothes, what you're saying to me, that when you come into my presence, is that I'm not enough for your situation. And in fact, Moses goes on to say in the book of Leviticus that if the priest went into God's presence on that day with torn clothes, even just a little slight tear, God would consider that an insult to him and the priest would be killed right there on the spot. And so what they would do is they'd tie a, a, a rope to his ankle and he'd have bells on him and with the bell stopped ringing that means the priest was probably dead and they'll just drag him out by the rope because nobody else could go in there because the presence of God would strike them dead as well. Now we don't live under that now thank goodness because of all of our ripped gene culture there'll be a whole lot of people dying as they walk into church. 
But what God is trying to get you and I to understand through this thing about tearing clothes, which seems completely and totally irrelevant to anything we're going through now, what God is trying to get us to understand is that because in the new covenant, you and I are priests to God, and we can go boldly into his presence, we don't get to act how other people act when tragedy comes and trials come and tough times come. When bad things start happening to our lives, we don't get to act like those that don't have his presence with them. If anyone ever tells you that as a Christian, you can have enough faith um, you, you, if you have enough faith, you won't have any pain, you'll never have a tragedy, you'll never have trials, you'll never have setbacks, no one in your family will ever go for a disaster. I, I want to tell you, if people tell you that, it's a complete and total lie, because the Bible says this, that it rains on the just and the unjust, it rains on the Christian and the non-Christian. Uh, in fact, Jesus said this in, in John sixteen thirty-three. he said, in this world you will have will have, not might have, hopefully you don't, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. In other words, what he's saying is you can pray and fast, but you're going to have tribulations. You, no, no matter what you do, no matter how far you grow in God, no matter how holy you become or how righteous you become, you are going to have tribulations. But the difference is this, is that when the world has disasters, when the world has trials and tribulations, and, and they don't know how to handle the situation, what the world tends to do is they spiritually start to tear their clothes by going to drugs and alcohol and all sorts of other things to try and cope. In fact, I heard this week a great guy in New Zealand, a guy by the name of Mike King from Iron Hope Organisation, doing such a phenomenal job around mental health and our emotional health in our nation, was saying that the reason why he became an alcoholic and a drug addict, they, those aren't the things that created the problem for him. They were the things that he did to self-medicate because of the problems, because of the internal critic that he had in his life, because of the voices on the inside of him screaming at him, telling him that he was hopeless, that he was useless, that there was no point in him being alive. He, he, he went to drugs and alcohol to null down the pain of what was going on internally. He started to tear the clothes of his life to deal with the tragedies that were going on on the inside of him. And, and people that don't know God, their lives start falling to pieces and they turn to anything to get them through because in their mind there's no healing and there's no solution. So they'll turn to drugs, or they'll turn to alcohol, or they have affairs, or they do this, or they start gambling, or they buy a lotto because that's the answer, and, and they just start turning their lives inside out, shredding the clothes of their lives because they have no hope. They don't believe that God can do anything for them. 
But God is saying that you and I, because we are now priests towards God, that we are not like that. When we go into God's presence, we go in with our clothes on, untorn. We are not to present ourselves or allow ourselves the luxury of despair because we have hope in God. We have Him. We are people that walk into His presence. We are people that carry His anointing. And as believers, we have access to his presence. And I know that you and I are not immune to bad stuff going on. I know that we're all going through some tough stuff at the moment, some of us worse than others. But we are never in a place where we have to tear our clothes and say that there is no hope that there is no solution. Why? Because our God is greater than anything we face and anything we go through. Our God is mightier than any weapon that forms against us. My God says that what the devil meant for evil, he will use it for good. We, We have to understand that as children of the Most High God, as anointed ones, as priests before him, we, we don't get to tear our clothes because we don't need to. It's when we tear our clothes, when we start to tear our lives, what we're saying is that God can't fix it, that God isn't big enough, that God isn't mighty enough, that God isn't strong enough, that God is not deliverer, that God is not healer, that God cannot be the solution to every single problem that we face. We can't tear our clothes Isaiah 59, 19 says this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against them. In other words, when the enemy comes flying in and you feel like you're overwhelmed, the Bible says, whoa, hold on, the Spirit of God raises up a standard against it. The Bible says this, that the gates of hell shall not prevail. Gates are are, a thing that are in place as a defensive mechanism. He is not the aggressor. We're the aggressor. He is not the one that's coming after us. We're the ones that are going after him. He's the one on the defensive. We don't need to tear our clothes because we've got the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords at which every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. He's the one that is with us and behind us. And it's the anointing that brings breaks the yoke and lifts every single burden. And as priests of God, under the new covenant, we carry the anointing and we carry the power and the presence of God everywhere we go. And to imply that there is a circumstance that God has no answer to is an insult to him. To act as if there is, su- there is some need that he is not sufficient enough to meet is an insult to him. And I know we all go through stuff, but that's just life. And I'm not here to tell you that today, that we all go through this and we all go through that. I'm here to tell you that we're not like those who don't know him. We're not like those who don't know God. We have his presence. We have his anointing. We have his power in our lives. And we need to understand that God is saying there is never a time where you will have to tear your clothes and give up. There is never a time where he will not come through for you. There is never a time where you won't come out on the right side of this. 
even if you read the book of Revelation. It's not something that we should be fearful of or tribulation about because at the end of the book, we win. The story of Revelation or the book of Revelation is a pastoral epistle written by John to the Christians that were going through trials and tribulations saying, hey, you're going to have tough times, but hang on to God because if you hang on to Him, you'll be on the right side of this. It doesn't matter how bad it looks. God wins, and if you stick with Him, so will you. There's never a time where we have to tear our clothes and give up. 2 Corinthians 4, 8-9 says this, We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. What is Paul saying here? He says, I'm not going to tear my clothes. God is big enough to solve any of my problems. I don't need to worry. I may be uh, struck down, but I'll always get back up. I may be persecuted, but I'm not forsaken. God hasn't abandoned me. He's always with me. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. And Christians quite often, I hear them ask, God, why me? Why me? Why am I going through this? Why am I experiencing this? Why me? I'll tell you why you. Because you're anointed. Because you're a threat to hell. Because you have a God-given destiny that you carry. A God-given dream. Because there's a prophecy over your life that He's given you. Because God is going to raise you up. That is why. That is why you're coming into it. Because when hell is attacking you, it's confirmation that God is with you and He's going to bless you. Remember, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Weapons will be formed, but they won't prosper. If you're under attack or you're feeling like the enemy's getting on top of you, friend, it's time to joy in that tribulation because you understand that you're in the will of God. The enemy isn't going to attack anyone that isn't a threat to them. And so we don't need to we don't need to shrink back. We don't need to isolate. We don't need to pull ourselves back. We need to understand that, man, I'm right where I should be. It's the anointed. I'm a threat to the devil. And we should get excited about that. And we should get on the offensive. Don't tear your clothes. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't go, this is all too much. I can't handle this. Don't tear your clothes. Isaiah 40, 28 to 32. I love the scripture. It says this. Have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of heavens and of the ends of the earth, never faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Listen to this. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fail. But those who wait on the Lord, those who get in His presence, those who carry His anointing, shall renew their strength. 
They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and will not faint. Listen to this, Micah 7, 7 to 9 says, Therefore I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Do not rejoice over me, my enemies. When I fall, I will arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord will be a light to me. I want to tell you, Jesus' presence is in us. Jesus' presence is around us. And that same presence that is in you, that same anointing of the Holy Spirit that is in you, is the same one that was in the upper room that sat upon people with flames of fire upon their heads. It's the same anointing that raised Christ from the dead. That's what's on the inside of you. That presence is with you. It doesn't matter what is happening. God is with you. And if there's anybody that understood that God was with them while going through trials, it was King David. The one who helped Israel defeat the Philistines, but then because of Saul's insecurity, spent a lot of his time fleeing for his life after he had just rescued his nation. And he said this in Psalm 23, verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup runs over. You anoint my head with oil. Now, we hear that, and I don't think we really understand the power of you anoint my head with oil. You see, David, before he was king, was a shepherd. He looked after the sheep. And when he looked after the sheep, one of the greatest threats to sheep lives was serpents or snakes. Same thing, serpents. What would happen is while the sheep was grazing in the grass, the serpents would come along through the grass, the tall grass, and they would bite the face of the sheep and they would kill the sheep because of the poison that was in the serpent. And so what the shepherds would do is they would get their sheep together before they sent them out to graze and they would wipe oil over their faces. And what they discovered is that something about the smell of the oil repelled the snakes. There was something about the smell of the oil that repelled the serpents so they wouldn't bite and kill the sheep. There was something about it that would cause the serpent to repel and would go away. And I don't know what the devil or the serpent has been throwing at you, but you are going to anoint yourself today. That's why you have oil with you. You're going to anoint yourself this morning and we're going to pray that the serpent, the devil will be repelled because of the oil. You may only have cooking oil, but that's okay. It's just symbolic of the anointing because when you have 
him pouring his oil out over you, the anointing oil of God, even though the serpent may be there, the smell of the power and the presence of God, the smell of the anointing of God repels the enemy away from you. He may have been trying to bite you, but I'm telling you today, we're going to anoint ourselves. In a moment, I'm going to get you to anoint yourself on your head, put your hand on your head, and we're going to pray that the enemy will be repelled from your life, from your kids' lives, from your finances, from your workplaces, from wherever it is, because friends, we don't get to tear our clothes. We are the high priest of God. We have access to His presence. We stand in His anointing. It flows over our bodies, and the anointing repels the enemy. If you want Bible results, you better do Bible things. And so this might be weird to you. You might think, Craig, you've lost the plot this week. This is so bizarre. But this is what they did in the Bible, and this is what we're going to do. We're going to anoint ourselves, and we're going to pray, and we're going to command the enemy to be repelled. Let me finish with this as Madison comes, and then we're going to pray for you. It says in John 19, verse 23 to 24, It says, then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to each soldier a part and also the tunic. Listen, now the tunic was without seam, woven from a top in one piece. They said among themselves, Let us not tear it. Here's Jesus. You can nail me to the cross. You can put me in a tomb. But I'm not going to, and neither are you, going to tear my clothes. Because I may be going to face hell, but I know that my God is with me. And I know that I can face hell because I know my God is in me. He works through me and through my blood that has been spilt. I now have access to him. And because of the anointing of the Spirit of God that has raised me up, what looked like a closed, tearing moment for everybody else was a victory moment for God. And what looks like a closed, tearing situation for us right now as a nation is not a closed, tearing moment. It is an anointing moment. It is a victory moment. It is a repel the devil moment from our world, from our nation, from our lives, from our finances, from our bodies, from every part, from our marriages, from our children, from every part. So I want you right now, I want you to grab that oil that you got there in your home. I want you to anoint your head with it. I want you to uh, then, you can anoint each other if you want to, do it however you want. And then we're going to lay hands. You can lay hands on each other or you can lay hands on your own forehead. I'm going to give you a couple of more seconds to do that right now. Now we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God would come and that the anointing would break the yokes, break the burdens and cause the enemy to be repelled from your world and be repelled from our nation. So Father, right now, Lord, you you said, Lord, that when we walk into your presence, if we don't tear our garments, we're anointed with 
oil. We have access to your throne room right now. And we pray right now that you would repel every attack of the enemy. God, that you repel attacks on people's jobs, that you repel attacks on families, relationships, people's physical bodies right now. We speak healing. We speak the anointing oil. We, we command the enemy to stand back from every single one of us. God, we're not going to sit back. We're not going to slink back. We're not going to be sluggish, but we're going to step forward. We're going to move forward because we have the hope of glory, Christ in us, on the inside of us. And where we go, where we walk, where the anointing goes, it repels the enemy. So we repel it from our families. We repel it from our community and we repel it from our nation right now. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' Name. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to encourage you this week. You, if you have to, you just anoint yourself every single day. Just anoint yourself of oil every single day and just go, you know what, today I'm anointed. Today I have access to His presence. Come on, church, it's time for us to rise. It's time for us to push back. It's time for us to storm the gates of hell and our worlds. It's time for us to do that. We don't get to tear our clothes like those that don't know Him. We know Him. We know He's the victor. We know He's the one who wins. We know He's Jehovah Jireh. We know He's our provider, our healer, our saviour. He's mightier than anything we could ever face. We don't tear our clothes. We anoint our heads with oil.